0: Doc Bruce Banner, belted <laughs> by gamma rays, turns into the Hulk. Hany Unglamour Race. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? You don't remember that, that song? Was that the cartoon one? Yes. Oh. Which might be the worst song of all time. Hany Unglamour Race. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing all those for my son today because he had this shirt with like the old school prints of Spider Man, the Hulk iron right. man and captain america so okay. i yeah dug up all those were they from the 70s 60s you know i don't know The uh, I, I really spider man man
1: that one i remember but i don't remember the hulk one the it's only really music bad. from the hulk i remember is the incredible hulk tv show the truly sad Do, no, no, no. no because i i kid you not the end of that show would come and that song would play and i would cry like <laughs> i would actual crocodile tears would come out i would cry for that song I could that see was a little bad saddest- sitting at oh, the edge God, of his couch yes. just falling apart just watching poor dr banner walking down the road alone and forlorn with the sad music playing yep i'd cry every time that that was a different reaction than when i would see wonder woman <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a funny I'm, feeling. Yeah, I had a tingling. <laughs> I really wonder. I don't remember enough about that time, but I had that feeling watching Buck Rogers. Oh, Linda Gray? No, uh
0: Aaron. Aaron Gray. Yeah,
1: Aaron Gray. Not. I'm. I'm confusing my Linda Carters with my Aaron Greys. I didn't have the same feeling for. Very great. I mean I uh there was something there, but it wasn't Wonder Woman level. Mm. But I remember I think I've told you this, being at baseball practice, angry because Wonder Woman was coming on and I was gonna like <laughs> miss it. And uh and I really wonder if my dad was like, Well, you know, we should get Brian home so he could see a show. Say, but because it was Linda Carter, you know, he's like, oh, well, gee, I guess we can put this on. But, you know, <laughs> it's Linda Carter. I'm sure my dad was fine <laughs> with having Linda Carter on the TV. That's what I remember
0: about Buck Rogers, because it was right around that time that Star Wars, you know, you get Star Wars once every three years. But mm. then Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica were airing, right? Right. And I remember being little and I just wanted to see more space battles. And I realized that me and my dad were probably getting very different things out of that show.
1: <laughs> you don't think you appreciated the space cinematography and the beady, 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 and all of that good stuff? You thought it was uh, Go, a little going, something different? Yeah, going
0: back and watching now, I'm like, wow, this is.
1: It's <laughs> something. Hello, Aaron Gray. <laughs> oh. All right. Shall we get in there? Yeah, come on, swing it. Come on! Hello and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns in a category on Kickstarter, and each pick a campaign to back. We are your hosts, Brian Dupuis and Chris Rump, and this week we're talking about what we backed in the photography category. It's kink freeze frame. Photograph.
0: Want to touch it? Ain't he a glamor race? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, we're recording a little bit late, folks. Sorry about that. Mm, we're a little punchy, a little punch drunk, if not actually drunk. Uh, but we're here, we're ready, we mm. have achieved our goals.
0: We've, uh, yeah,
1: we did the escape needfold. velocity. Yep. And uh we're ready to share our findings with you. So how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Um it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Photography uh sit well with you? Uh
0: sure, I found something.
1: Yeah. I found something too.
0: I mean it wasn't the most uh wasn't the deepest category of projects I think that mm. we've we've been able to sift through yet. No. Um, But yeah, I think at the end there was some cream that rose to the top, so we can talk about that towards the end. Cool. How'd you find it?
1: Not my favorite category.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there were a lot of uh, photo books.
1: Yeah, right. that was the majority of it.
0: I think that really kind of pressed on me that seemed like the most of what was out there was people putting collections of photo books. And then, of course, there was always the The sort of ones here and there that said... I love
1: taking pictures. (laughs) Pay me.
0: (laughs) There were a couple of those. I've got some snapshots. Pay me me some money to see them. But then there were a few that were... um, I guess I'm trying to get get funding for an art gallery.
1: Right. Yes.
0: So I think that was kind of the major classes. Yeah. Photo books,
1: art galleries. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So what do we got going on for random crowdfunding news this week?
0: Well, I thought we could lead off um, I guess with an article I saw in Engadget about the exquisite one. torture of Kickstarter
1: exclusives. This is a good one.
0: Yeah, I just I think I had a lot of empathy maybe even these internalized feelings of uh, just sameness with, with the mm-hmm. author. I felt like I was reading this article and maybe I could have authored it and it was written <laughs> through the lens of looking at Kickstarter exclusives I think primarily, um, on like in the tabletop gaming category is sort of where it was centered around, sure. But you know, I've definitely felt this common torture as well of seeing projects, gaming projects, and Kickstarter that in all likelihood will just never make it to commercial retail outlets, right? Um, and that's kind of sits well with that FOMO, that fear of missing out that we talked about in early episodes of this podcast. And, I mean, I'm not like that poor soul that went to the dark place of backing tens of thousands of dollars (laughs) and and then just regretted everything. Do you remember that?
1: Not yet. Oh, yeah, I do.
0: Right. But, yeah, I guess just what I wanted to discuss and centered around this article was that I, I don't know, it brought a lot of thoughts to to mind. Like, there's this idealized notion in my head of what I think Kickstarter is. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this, and I guess I can know this and have seen this, and, but, but versus how Kickstarter is sometimes used, and then therein being like this vehicle for the, these project ideas that sometimes we'll see success on Kickstarter, but then we'll just never move on to a larger yep. commercial aud- audience. And the article mentions this game called The Wilson Wolf Affair, which mm-hmm. is this mystery game. And just because of the nature of the game, there's no way it could be scaled to mass retail. And then they right. mentioned a second project called The Seventh Continent that just because of manufacturing costs, again, it would just prohibit it ever finding financial success or any sort of success through normal distribution channels.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because when we were going through the games category, at least one of those that I had found, you remember the Mystery Box? Yes. Yeah. Exact same type of thing. It will see success, and it did see success as a Kickstarter type of project. No way they can scale that to mainstream commercial success. It just doesn't fit the model of a game that would be even remotely possible in that type of environment. And so, it will only exist in this type of limited release, really niche market. and. I don't think that's necessarily bad. Mm-mm. If you take a look at the goals that the, the campaign had, they met the goals, which means that they were satisfied with where they were. And the people that get to play it will be satisfied with the game, assumedly. But yeah, it, it is sad that some of those really unique and novel concepts will get no more further than those what, 100 to 500 people that initially backed the campaign.
0: Right. And so, yeah, even if it just turns out to be this smashing success, people love the gameplay, yeah, it, there just won't be any more. So, yeah, just really curious. Because I I always thought about Kickstarter being this place to sort of launch funding without the need of angel investors. Right. I think you see success with projects like like the Pebble Watch, you know, where it blew up and then they did find a way to retail. Um, and you sort of think that well, that's a way to to kickstart your business. In in this place, there are these games that even kickstarted, like I guess I just would never see commercial su- success. Yeah, there was even a quote from the article um, from George Fox, who created the Wilson Wolf affair, where he said it would never sell alongside <laughs> Monopoly in a supermarket, and it would probably sell very slowly even in a specialized game store since the price point's relatively high. I think the more niche your game is, the more sense it probably makes to stay Kickstarter exclusive. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really interesting. There's this whole category of product out there that is going to find a niche on Kickstarter. And then again, it's only going to be successful on crowdfunded sites, too, because that's the only place that you could reach enough people, even if it's just this ephemeral thing um, to ever get your product, your idea to see the light of day.
1: And it's kind of heartening that there is this market for these higher cost niche games that can find this type of limited success because I'm sure that for these people, this is a success, right? This mm-hmm. is what they were shooting for. And if it weren't for a crowdfunding type of site, their ideas would have never never amounted to anything, much less this type of success. So it's sad, and yet it's also kind of triumphant. Yeah. Yeah. Good find dude. That's 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 interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it just awakened in me some some things I hadn't really just kind of internalized or considered just in the yeah. whole domain. So.
1: Cool. I like it. So I found a thing, Chris. All right, laid on me. You know how as we gather around the microphones to partake of union and discussion of our Kickstarter campaigns, we usually like to savor a fine Drink of some kind, yeah.
0: It's usually uh,
1: late in the evening, exactly. Right whenever you are wanting to relax, exactly. And I don't know about you, but I like. For me, I would prefer. I think we actually talked about this. Sometimes we do wine, but if I am going to really sit back and have an elegant, manly evening, a nice whiskey drink of some kind is the drink of choice.
0: A whiskey drink in one hand, a chainsaw in the other. (laughs)
1: And a microphone (laughs) to record it all. Yes. Well, I have found the glass to meet my needs, Chris. It is the Duo Glass, the all-purpose cocktail and whiskey glass. It's a hand-blown, 10-ounce, double-walled borosilicate glass that is crafted to insulate, measure, and complement your every drinking experience. Did you see this thing? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I saw it. And... uh. All right, I'll I'll fess up. Chris found this, but (laughs) I'm presenting it. Because he showed it to me, and what did it take me? Was it less than a minute? Absolutely. It was less than a minute. You went
0: quickly to a place that I did not go. Um, I did.
1: I clicked. I I backed it because it's... Okay, so the claim to fame of this one, it's not just a whiskey and cocktail glass. It's a whiskey and cocktail glass that also has... Uh, a built-in measuring cup. Mm-hmm. So you're pouring your drink, I don't know about you, but it's a little bit of a pain in the butt to get out the jigger, get out the the shaker and get out the serving glass and pour everything into the jigger and then pour it into the this, it combines the measuring cup with the glass. So you just pour it directly into the glass and you can I imagine you can shake it up with a shaker too, but oh convenience and it insulates to keep it cool longer. Oh, it's just... I was going to say it's got
0: all the things. It's got the double walls so your hand doesn't get cold or if you put a hot drink in there, it doesn't get hot. Mm. It doesn't sweat so it doesn't need a coaster.
1: It's so good. It's
0: got those clever integrated um, measuring marks on them so you Uh don't need... like You you mentioned your jigger. Um, (sighs) If you want to make like a very carefully crafted cocktail, if you're not just eyeball-free pour it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yes, it's got all the yeah. things, and it looks nice too.
1: It does. It's. It, I like the. I like their logo. I like the way the. It, it's hand blown, and the their mark that they put on the bottom is attractive. I just think, yeah, I couldn't resist. It literally less than a minute.
0: Uh, you did. I only I didn't, didn't click because I already have so much glassware downstairs.
1: See, I don't. Maybe I I've needed got, to get
0: some of this and just throw out some of the other stuff. But
1: yeah, I've got. I've got poor glassware. That's my problem. Mm. I mean, I've got reasonable glassware, but it doesn't have dual walls. It doesn't have a measuring cup. And this also comes with ice molds.
0: What more can you have? Oh, that's right. Because it's got the, the ice mold to make that big...
1: Spherical ball. S-
0: yeah, yeah. That fits Nestle's just perfectly in the bottom mm. of the glass. Look at it.
1: Yeah. Chris, if you Good. play your cards right, uh, I'll share one with you. There's two of them in the package. I'll give you one. That'll break up the set. That's okay. I'd rather share with my friend. That That, way, that's like my buddy Dan and (laughs) Jaina. Form of (laughs) yeah. No, but think about it. Now, whenever we get together, we can we can chin chin remotely, virtually with our duo glasses. Mm. No, it's perfect. So yeah, I'll share one with you (laughs) for for pointing it out to me.
0: I can't stop looking at them. I want it.
1: I know. It's good. What'd you find next?
0: So this other one I found, uh, the next one I'm going to drop in the notes. This is called BioCycler. Hmm. And the project's called BioCycler. led to recycle buildings. And this one was interesting. This is a real, what would you say, just kind of pie in the sky sort of project. Did you get a chance oh, yeah. to look at this? The, yes. So Briefly. This is yes. one that I thought was interesting because it's, it's essentially a crowdsourced uh, research project. And I see so many projects that essentially treat Kickstarter as a store. And I mean, heck, I've even participated in campaigns with this sort of emotional investment along the lines that I'm purchasing a project product, like like the duo glass, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, but um, this is an interesting project because their stated goal is to raise funding to develop just a proof of concept. And this concept is the recycling of building materials. Mm -hmm. Or actually you would say maybe um, the the materials that come from construction waste or natural disaster that they would be able to rebuild directly from the ruins of that kind of waste and devastation. So their project is to use natural organisms and— Using these organisms, they can treat organic debris, add microbes, and then press that material into new building materials. So it even seems like the long-term goal is that you could recycle this kind of natural disaster waste, like, directly on site, which would reduce waste, cost, and environmental impact all at the same time. Right. So like I said, it's real, like, high-minded, like, pie-in-the-sky sort of idea, but certainly really cool. Yeah. And then just kind of glancing through again, too, the other thing I was reminded is that it has this idea that the materials can last indefinitely if protected from excess moisture, but once the materials reach the end of their useful life, mm-hmm. they can actually yeah. be composted.
1: Which is, like it's. it seems like crazy pants. Right. <laughs> it just seems like two completely diametrically opposed ideas, but... Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's what I love, that they kind of pitched it. And like I said, really, just no bones about it that, hey, this is crowdfunding, basically, research. It's crowdfunding funding a proof of concept, not that, you know, hey, for your reward for backing our project, we're going to come to your house and build something on site, right? Something just completely Looney Tunes like that. No, it's really crowdsourced research. Sure. So I don't know how close they are to meeting their goal or even if they have a, a chance at meeting it. So they're $5,000-ish of $25,000. Yeah, one-fifth of the way. Um, yeah, with two weeks to go. But still, interesting I, that there are projects out there that are like this.
1: Sure. And it's not like these are know-nothing imbeciles either, right? They've got research scientists from NASA and MIT that mm-hmm. are involved in this. So uh, I don't think it's just bunk yeah (laughs) they're not pulling it out of their butts yeah they've got more to show
0: than just uh kind of an idea right yeah
1: that's an interesting find so you found another light bulb
0: (laughs) yeah i didn't know what to say about this honestly it just looked cool so this was the arc the ultimate minimal dimmable led bulb (laughs) so I, i guess you've seen a lot of these sort of projects, or not even projects, not in Kickstarter, but just out in the wild, there are LED bulbs that are made to look sort of like incandescent bulbs. Oh, yeah. And um, this project created one as well. They actually sent theirs into space and back. I don't know exactly what that was to prove, maybe just the hardiness <laughs> of it, but yeah, you've got I, to watch yeah, the campaign video. To figure out Because too. the campaign video is really beautiful. It's one of those things where you're like, I don't know. Just watching them send this light bulb up into space and then back stirs something inside of you, where you're like, "Man, I really need to have these in my house." I don't know what it
1: is about it, but I was right there, just loving it. No, oh, I kind of get it. They 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 look like throwback bulbs, right? They uh-huh. Don't they? Don't look like the the really goofy spiral, you know, CFL lights or anything like that. These look like things that. Thomas Edison would have had in his lab. Uh, and yet they're, they're new
0: tech. Right, and except they're going to last thousands and thousands of hours. Yeah.
1: And I like the the color that they put out. You know, they, they don't have that really annoying bright bluish tinge to them. They're the warm end of the spectrum. So, yeah, I could see this.
0: Yeah, their intent was to make it look like fire. Right, something natural, something you can look at without hurting your eyes. Right. So they're 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 gorgeous. They're hardy. They'll burn for thousands of hours. They are expensive. (laughs) That's why I didn't didn't pull the trigger. No. Yeah, I think it's about seventy dollars for for a two pack.
1: Correct. And they're kind of an interesting form factor. They're longer than the average bulb, right? Right.
0: Yeah, so I could see them working, certainly, like in kitchens on pendants.
1: Right. I don't know if it's something you'd
0: put in a reading lamp.
1: If you have to send a bulb into space...
0: Hey, they've got you covered.
1: Yeah, this one one you should probably look at.
0: But look how many backers they have. Yeah. I mean, they've...
1: They went gangbusters.
0: They had a $25,000 goal and are currently at $85,000 with still three weeks to burn.
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: So... You know, the other thing, too, is that I didn't didn't think about this, but they mm. had this, essentially, a weather balloon that they attached this light on and a camera yeah. and lifted it into space. And I think you can see the curvature of the Earth, Brian.
1: Oh, no. There is. Mm-mm. It has to be the lens, Chris. It's got to be like a fish eye or <laughs> something like that. That's okay. the only explanation.
0: I just didn't know if this... Did you hear about this guy out in the... I don't remember. The, the desert, the salt flats of America somewhere that was trying to build his own rocket? No. To Yeah, there's this guy that... I don't have this article at all. I'm just remembering is this. Elon Musk? He's... <laughs> this is part of the boring pro- company. <laughs> it's not. This guy was trying to build his own rocket because he's a flat earther and wants oh. to... Go up into space and and prove prove that the Earth is flat. He Mm. will. He will. And if he said, if he gets up there and he looks and he sees the curvature of the Earth, Mm -hmm. then he will. At that point, he will believe that that the Earth is round.
1: Right, but not before.
0: Right, right. Because he's got to see it with his eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: right. And then Uh, he would come down and suppose. I guess purportedly. Maybe at that point, uh, expose the the oh the, the whole, other flat earthers. I, I would guess so. And that would be enough for the other flat earthers, or would I think each they of them all have need to, need to take go up. rides? Mm-hmm. Okay, because yeah. if you can't, that could be cost- Trust it
0: here because of what the art yeah. project has already done. Exactly, then we're going to have to kickstart sending every flat earther,
1: yeah, up because they could all be part of it, right? Yes Yeah I mean this guy could be a plant He could be a mole <laughs> Oh I'm gonna build a rocket ship To prove that the earth is flat Oh look guys It's actually round Yeah You never believed it was flat To begin with bub Right Mm-hmm. Yeah I'm on to him Yep <laughs> <laughs> Flat earth Mm-hmm. Uh Sorry All Didn't right. mean to take a flat earth tangent
0: Yep <laughs> We just all right. Uh, let, let's circle back to yeah, six Sense.
1: Yeah, give it to me.
0: Six cents is still struggling with manufacturing for years delayed VR controller Kickstarter. Brian, mm. have you had any exposure to this project before I put it in the the doodly do?
1: I did not know.
0: Okay, I haven't followed it closely at all, at all either. But I found this article that was talking about. This company that back in twenty thirteen, late late twenty thirteen oh, but twenty thirteen was supposed to That's create this over four years ago. Yeah, this VR tracker controller system and have as of yet starting into twenty eighteen here, still not produced it.
1: Uh, I like the last remaining issue. Oh, what the it, parts? the The parts are still warping. Yes, so There's they've critical had critical misalignment, manufacturing issue over uh, literally almost five years, and they're still blaming this on their manufacturing and assembly. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the last thing that's holding them back.
0: It's interesting that. I don't really know what to think about this. I just, like I said, I haven't followed it closely, so I don't yeah. really know. And this is the first exposure I've had to it. I don't know if they've actually just been the whole way chipping away at this in earnest. I guess right. they went radio silent for the last six months. That's kind of hurt the credibility. And, man, I looked at some of the comments on the Kickstarter project, and they are they are brutal. <laughs> they are not gracious. Um, I like this guy that's just like, please refund me. I am out. That you're oh th- <laughs> three days ago, like four and a half years later, whatever. I'm out. Oh. Please, please refund me. And then again, it's like, uh, can you be refunded on Kickstarter? I mean, that's the whole thing that we've kind of already talked yeah. about early in the issue, this episode. Is that Kickstarter is not a store. No, you know you you are you're helping fund uh, these these projects. A potential yeah
1: product, right? Yeah. Ugh,
0: but then I, I guess imagine. this one guy's like, you know, I gave up on the technology ever arriving. I still want my T-shirt, so they could they <laughs> couldn't even get T-shirts out. <laughs> He's like, did anyone well, ever get T-shirts? Or, yeah, he said, or do they have to go back to the manufacturer for those too? Yeah.
1: I wonder what the, did did you look into it and see how much it costs to back this thing? Like, are these people out hundreds? Are they out a thousand? I have no idea. Yeah, the tracker was like
0: 150 bucks for early bird backers, Ooh, which is, okay. you know, that's not chump change. And the project itself raised $605,000, so mm. it was a lot of people getting in on this and, you know, w- wow. wanted to see it become a thing. I guess it's a neat idea, but wow.
1: Yeah, that's pretty bad. Of course, I back something that... I like this guy. Patience, guys.
0: Good things come to those who wait. For example, Duke Nukem Forever took 15 years. <laughs> 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 Only 11 more
1: years to go. <laughs> oh.
0: oh. Oh. so oh, That's bad. Yeah. Eh. So, back responsibly.
1: <laughs> yeah. That Well, see, that's the thing, right? The... Which uh, which one was it? Whenever I was looking at the drone, the oh, selfie drone, yeah, and I was like, eh, feels a little too good to be true at that price point with that level of technology. Not going to do it, right? For 150 bucks for a a, a room scale VR controller. Whenever the the Vive and the 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 what's the other one? But yeah, they're not doing room scale stuff really yet. So to say, oh yeah, we're going to have room scale for 150 bucks. Mm. Yeah. A little too good to be true. All right. Are we ready to get to our mentionable picks in photography? Um I guess we could. I
0: think I think we decided that our yeah. mentionables are actually each of our others backed picks, right? Yeah, that's like, true. Isn't that kind oh. of the way it ended up shaking out?
1: It is. Which I'm still <laughs> pretty is.
0: amazed is that the fact that we have not yet, through all these episodes, ended up backing the same thing yet. Correct. We always... But the season
1: isn't over yet. We, we still have, we, what, it,
0: three more ch- two, three more chances? We have three more, yeah. Because yeah, we always make our picks in secret, and then at the very yep. last moment, before as we're kind of putting the, the show flow together, that's when we... Mm-hmm open the kimono
1: and (laughs) so so far so far we've been perfect yeah let's see if we can keep the trend up it's it's pretty amazing so far i
0: i i really thought that this week was going to be the one where we ended up doing the same thing
1: i almost did i really did and do you know why i didn't no primarily because i was like i bet chris is gonna back (laughs) this one wow i really did yeah i was like i can't pick the exact same thing it was too obvious, so I, I went a different direction. Yeah.
0: So I guess it's so, worth starting out just saying that both of the things we backed mm-hmm. were from Kickstarter's Make 100 uh, initiative, I guess you would say. Yep. So w- we should talk about what is Make 100. Yeah. Do you want Do you want me to talk about it? Uh, you can't. I don't know a whole lot about this. I, it was only after that I had... Mm-hmm. It, I think it was before I backed, but I was looking kind of at the project and I saw this little Make 100 tag on it. And I'd seen that before and I think I'd even seen come across Twitter from Kickstarter's um, you know, Kickstarter account at Kickstarter, Right. this mention of Make 100. And looking back last year, last January, there were almost 500 creators that participated in this Kickstarter initiative called Make 100. Yeah. And so they had success there and they brought it back. And the idea is that basically if you had an idea for a project, you create that Kickstarter and you have to offer a limited edition reward Mm -hmm. that is capped at 100 backers. And then your project has to be launched in January. You have to put that keyword, make 100, in your project's title for discovery. And then once you're live, you just emailed it to Kickstarter and said, here it is. So it was a way yeah. of sort of giving visibility to to some projects that met these goals. And I think that's basically as simple as it is.
1: It is, yeah.
0: And it's a it's a
1: kind of an interesting concept. That you know, the the first or the the, the the leader in there is this year bring a hundred somethings into the world, right? right? You're just that's your limit. You can make a hundred of them, and it's just like any other Kickstarter campaign. If you don't get a hundred people that think they want your one hundred, one of the one hundred things, you're not gonna you're not gonna get launched. But there can be a maximum of a hundred, and that's all there is. Uh, and right now, there's six hundred and seventy five projects that are make one hundred. So, I yeah, I, I think it's a kind of a cute initiative. Mm -hmm. And it didn't occur to me until you said it that both of our projects fell into this category of the Make 100.
0: Yeah, pretty neat.
1: Yeah. So, would you like to go first and talk about your backed project in the Make 100 series? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. So, I I backed
0: Make 100, The Past in Focus, 100 Rare Photographs Restored. This is a project by Diana Metzinger. Yeah. So Diana and her sister, they run this small photo business, which I think is Silverbanks Pictures. And I took a look behind the veil of the Kickstarter and mm. saw that Silverbanks is this, um, this company that, that, that Diana and her sister have that has this neat focus on old classic movies from the early 1900s. And they also do these restorations on photographs from the 1860s all the way through the early 1900s, too. And, you know, seeing that made me feel good about the fact that they've got the chops to Mm -hmm. perform these high-quality restorations on old photo scans. So with that expertise in their pocket, they started this project, The Past in Focus. And the aim of the project is to go out and mine these public domain archives from around the world. And I guess these are sites like the Library of Congress— Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they're going to dig up a hundred amazing, rarely seen images and then breathe new life into them by restoring them to a state that's as good as or or better than when they were, were originally taken. Right. Um. So that's really just as as simple as their project is. And if you look at the campaign, they found, you know, they put a few stills or uh, they're all stills. They put a few images <laughs> in the campaign. Um that are just really astonishing. I don't know if you saw AR. that one that's got that oh, yeah. ship listing like some yep. ship out in the ocean listing at this ridiculous angle and these sailors out on hanging off Oh the- my goodness, they're <laughs> hanging off of a sail, I guess trying to unfurl it in the midst of this this Gale. maelstrom. Mm-hmm. Um so they've got it's an shots. extraordinary picture. Yeah, it's 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 pretty ridiculous. Um so they they've managed to curate images like that, a hundred of them in this set. And that, so they've got both. So the interesting thing is their make 100 thing was that they had, they were going to get this set of a hundred images and for the first, well, only hundred backers be able mm-hmm. to offer them this digitally restored set of images. Um, and just, just scanning through here quick too, I think their other one is, yeah, they have a, a limited set of photo books as well. So you can also pledge at a reward level to get a hardcover glossy photo book that's 11 by eight and a half. that's going to feature all the 100 photographs too. Yep. And it's interesting that what happened is that the pledges for the image collection, the digital image collection, just sold out. And that reward's not available anymore. And so there are a lot of people in the comments that are like, well, I'd like to have access to those images. (laughs) And it's kind of like, sorry, that was part of the Make 100
1: thing. Make 100.
0: Um, So they opened up these bonus sets, these um, stretch goals, so that people that did not want digital images but didn't get in on the first sets... um, can back at some different levels to get access to these bonus sets that are focused around a common theme kind of uh like seafaring or adventure Mm -hmm. or or just the bazaar so that's pretty cool that they were able to to do so well with this project i mean they've raised twelve thousand dollars now and they were only trying to get a a goal that was twelve hundred dollars yeah literally an
1: order of magnitude greater yeah
0: so they've you know, done well enough that they were able to start offering these additional sets. And so, that's pretty neat. I actually reached out to Diana after bashing back in the project. Oh? Because I was curious about the, and I think this is kind of while I was still not understanding the whole Make 100 thing, and I would reached out and I was asking about, reading through the comments and seeing a lot of people saying, well, I'd like to participate in that. I was kind of said, well, how did you make that decision?
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: and she answered back and said that for the Make 100 series, I had to limit something to hundred, and honestly, we thought that there would be more interest in the prints than digital files. Uh, so that's why they put the she put the limit on the set. Um, had I known so many would want it, I would not have done that, of course. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> is that there was almost this double edged thing with the Make 100 here that, yeah. um, I guess by participating, uh, you know, they could have actually offered this set to more people potentially. Um, but I'm I'm super thrilled. It looks like a really cool project. I'm, um, uh, you know, like I'm encouraged by the, like I said, the digital chops they have earlier. I'm really interested just to, to get my sets uh, in the end, and sure, I think people are going to be really pleased with this. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I was back whenever I looked at this campaign. They changed actually the photo that was at the front. This the photo that they chose right now is a a wonderful photo the one that they had when I was looking at these campaigns and I assume probably the one that was up there whenever you were looking was the one of the Indian chief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, was that the one? Yep, yeah. The, it was just an extraordinary photo with the sharpness and detail that was in immediately grabbed you. Right. And that, that's what brought me into it. And after reading through it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good one. And it's funny because, uh, well, we'll get to what I chose, but I, I would rather have the photo book than the photo set. Personally, you know, yeah, I, what I, I don't need a zip file of a hundred photographs to zip through. That's not how I enjoy consuming this type of content. I want, I want a friggin' hardcover book that's got <laughs> that's got all the images in it, right, printed well on good paper. You know, that's that's kind of how I would prefer it. So it's interesting that that was the the popular thing was the the the, the digital set.
0: Yeah, uh, that is really interesting. I guess the interesting thing is though that you could take the digital set and print your own. Sure. You so because that's... you could print these up to about a. I think the the prints could probably reproduce to about an eight by ten.
1: Oh, they got some three foot by four foot offerings, yeah, didn't they? That's true. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, three foot so, by four. Yeah, all the way up to three yeah. foot by four foot, which Uh-oh. that's you know that, I don't that's that's a tough thing to print. So what, what'd you find, man?
1: My back pick, uh, another Make One Hundred uh, is the Hundred Views of America, the Library of Congress's Photo Archive. Uh, based on your wishes, quote this is the description quote. Based on your wishes, I will select a photo from the Library of Congress Photo Archive personally for you. Make 100 project. This is a, a similar project to the one that you selected. It doesn't have the restorative aspect to the pictures, but I thought it was an interesting take on, you know, the Library of Congress has this enormous photo archive that is available to any of us, but this person is, is going through and kind of hand-choosing based on the desires of the the backers kind of these archetypal photos of America. It's not, um, the worldwide exposure that the, the previous campaign had. This is focused on primarily, uh, old time America, like even as old as the early 1800s, there are some photographs available in the library of Congress and, he's digging through and finding interesting ones that match the criteria that you're looking for. Uh, I saw this campaign and, and it, <laughs> like I said, I, I I probably would have backed the other one if it weren't for my <laughs> really high thought that you were going to back it. So this was my, my second selection, but, but I felt like I liked where it was enough to, to back it. And I went on to the Library of Congress site and started digging through
0: oh, really? their collections.
1: Yeah, and it's a really interesting slice. It's I'm kind of glad that I've got this guy. This guy's uh, Thierry Blancpain. Uh, he's a designer from Zurich. He's uh, Swiss, <laughs> but he lives in New York City. And I like the idea of him combing through all of the thousands of pictures in the library of Congress to find something that he thinks I would like, because uh, I'll tell you, it's hard to navigate that site. If you haven't been, Uh, it's worth a look and we'll include the link in the show notes to the library of Congress's photo archive, because it's just an interesting place to explore. But if I were to have to go through and dig through and find the, separate the wheat from the chaff, it would be a, a kind of a long day, but uh, I, I, I think this is a really interesting project. Um, I think it's a, a fairly lightweight one. I mean, I'm going to go through and kind of, if you've already dug through and you kind of know what's there, it's probably not the hardest thing in the world to do, but that's part of why high paid consultants get paid, right? <laughs> right? It's not, it's not knowing how to turn, the wrench. It's knowing which thing to turn the wrench on, and so if he has already dug through there, and apparently he has, then he knows where to find the good stuff, and uh, I, think, I think it's interesting.
0: How are they going to... I didn't quite catch. How are they going to um, make the decision on what the content is that they send you? Is it just completely so, random?
1: No. Uh, you provide... Uh, I'm assuming that once the campaign is over part of the questionnaire will be a description of the type of photograph that you're looking for what kinds of things interest you what
0: mm.
1: what would move you the most and then he will use that feedback individually for each backer to find a matching photo from the library of congress oh, neat! did you get yeah. a
0: sense when you were looking through the library of congress like the the quality of the photos you were looking at were... Because, I mean, obviously, they're, you know, the pictures they select for these campaigns are really beautiful landscapes. Um, And in
1: good condition, and et cetera, et cetera. Right, or just,
0: Uh, you know, really emotional, like, photograph material. Are there some in there that are just, like, snapshots? Snapshots? Like, I don't know if you've seen the the photos that were sent up with the Voyager spacecrafts, but I don't know what criteria they use to select those, because... (laughs) I mean, they are just hideous. They looked like somebody was accidentally pressing the shutter release on a camera, and they were like, hey, that's good enough. We'll just shoot those into space."
1: Maybe they just emptied a random uh, photography studio's development for two days and just stole family pictures from from one neighborhood and stick them in there. I don't know, but yeah, it's interesting. There are in the in the time that I looked uh it the, the the problem is there's so many dead ends in the library of congress photo archive online resources because you can click through to collections and the collection is not digitized it'll give you it'll let you click all the way down and you'll get down to the description of it but none of the images are digitized so then you got to back all the way up and try that's why i think knowing where the good stuff is 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 mm-hmm. kind of key knowledge. But whenever I would finally get into something that had uh, images in it, they ran the game. There were some things that would probably strike you as just uh, a, a random snapshot, and there were other things that were very uh, artful and well put together. It's interesting because I don't think like. I don't think any of them are like Ansel Adams esque compositions. Mm-hmm. They're almost more for historical reference and captured as a result of some civic duty, not as art, if that if you get what I'm saying. And so they're almost like they're they're, they're historical references. They're not. They're not done for beauty and joy often right but it's interesting that sometimes they can inadvertently capture beauty you know even in the most uh, mundane type of of thing so yep. yeah uh, I, I'm not I think it runs I, I think there's all kinds of stuff in there
0: Do you have your uh, chat what chat? on <laughs> earth? I didn't mean to break your concentration, but <laughs> oh, God, I, I put in the little the little doodly thing for you there. Th- those are the what? images that are actually on the golden record. I just had to think of it. I was googling it while we were talking here.
1: They're gonna think we're insane. You, did uh, you get a I look at about that you,
0: demonstration of licking, of chewing, licking? and
1: whatever it yeah. is? Yeah, of licking, eating, and drinking. I don't know about you, but I have never drank like that. <laughs>
0: That's how you drink, Brian. Uh,
1: no. That's got to be our featured image this week for the podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Uh, we have no choice but to include that. I
0: mean, how else are aliens going to know how you drink? Yeah. They should have put one on here about how you use the restroom. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody knows what anybody else does in the restroom.
1: I think everybody stands with one leg up, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what the hook on the back of the door in the restroom is for, right?
1: To hold on to? You put your your foot on. no, to put your foot on?
0: (laughs) Are you doing it wrong?
1: Uh, All these years. I never knew. But,
0: yeah, just look at these photos.
1: (laughs) That's truly bizarre. It looks
0: like there was absolutely no aesthetic criteria for
1: for these photos. Can we bring it back and send up new ones? (laughs)
0: Let's recall it. (laughs) We're, We're better at photos now.
1: So, yeah, uh, we, we we said we'd get to it, and we never did, but photography, there were many, and I'm not going to call any of them out by name, but there were so many of these campaigns where it was a photo book, right, of, this is the photo book of my work, and they showed examples of the work, and they were nondescript snapshots that anyone in the world, I mean, Poorly composed, poorly exposed, just complete crap <laughs> pictures, right? Yeah. There is one that was so egregious, I really almost want to call it out by name, but I'm not going to because that's mean-spirited. But it's just, I guess my thing is, if you're going to put a p- campaign out there in the photography category and say that you're a, a, an enormous fan of photography you found a love of photography learn your art Mm -hmm. and study it and figure out how to take a photo that doesn't look awful (laughs) because man there were some bad pictures in this category there
0: really were i guess the the good news is that you know i think backers can see through that and aren't gonna yeah throw their weight behind something that's just doesn't really pass muster.
1: sure but it goes to the whole thing about. It does make
0: our job difficult. We have to look at them.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have to filter through <laughs> them. But it's almost like the American Idol, you know, where the people go in and they they audition mm-hmm. and they can't sing to save their lives. They couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Oh, no dog, a little pitchy. And it, it, yeah, and they get so pissed off that their dream has been stolen from mm. the judges. It's the judges' fault that they aren't stars, right? It's this self-delusion. Yeah, It's the same thing. Yeah. Like, these people that that their campaigns fail with zero backers and zero dollars, they're just going to blame us and Kickstarter. They failed them, right? It wasn't their fault because they had awful pictures. It was, no, it was the platform and nobody could see their vision. Nobody appreciates their vision. Yeah, because you got no eye, Oh. Just learn the rule of thirds. <laughs> yeah. Even. Yeah. That's that's half of it. <laughs> right. It's they like, were literally all centered in the, le- in learn, the shot. Learn oh. five
0: basic photo principles and try again. Yeah.
1: Please. So Sorry. Now I'm just complaining. <laughs> my my mood has turned. <laughs> I am now bitter and complaining.
0: Well, just wait until our next category. That's going to turn your mood back. Uh
1: it won't cuz what do we have so we got 3 left and this one will might be the hardest of the 3 you think so i don't know what's next
0: <laughs> let me look you don't i'm not going to spoil i'm not going to spoil it for you i want you to find it
1: oh god okay. the last one
0: our next category is publishing
1: yeah i i think we'll be okay with publishing
0: okay i like that encouragement i like that i do
1: i think we'll be fine i like that optimism then we've got the beauty of technology. Mm. Oh, my God. Looking forward to that one. Can we just do that one twice? Uh, no, we can, no, we cannot. We can't.
0: We, we're so close to making it through all the categories. We that are. We, we,
1: yeah. We got to see it through. Okay. And then we finish off with theater. <laughs> the theater. Theater. Acting. <laughs> it's, it's too late. I've seen everything. Acting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, we're uh, we're off the rails.
1: Yeah, get us out of here. All
0: right, well, that's all our time for today. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Join us next time when we will be exploring and backing one campaign from Kickstarter's publishing category. Backers is produced by Chris Rumpf and Brian Dupuis, and you can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can also contact us on Twitter at at Backers Podcast or individually at Rumphy and at Cold Forged. Join us again next time. And until then, back responsibly.